Hi, I'm Isabella. And I'm Jeff. We're two Asian Australians who want to explore what it means to be Asian in the West. And you're listening to As I Am. I officially want to quit my job now and ask Jen and Brian for a job <laughs> because I love the concept of naked Asian grocers so much. I love the mentality they had to start this business and where it derived from was just from them trying to address a pain point in their life, which which I which I love as just like a founder story and you know they're such lovely people and you know that their dreams of having physical stores everywhere. I have no doubt that they will achieve this. Yeah, and and I feel like the way they do it is quite striking in so far as, you know, they're all about enabling people to lead more sustainable lifestyles, right? Mm, mm, And I think this is something that can be quite daunting and overwhelming to a lot of people, including myself. You know, you hear Mm. things about climate change and the ongoing, you know, huge waste that is happening in both our food and fashion industries. And all we can really do is feel overwhelmed and a little bit powerless, you know, just in Mm. terms of like, what can I really do to affect change and how can I actually really impact, you know, the world around me? But I feel like this episode just really kind of highlighted that it it doesn't it doesn't have to be this drastic change. It really does come down to, you know, how we change our daily habits. And if that's just replicated on, on like a wider scale, then that really does lead to tangible changes. So that was just genuinely very inspiring. And I think to have that business model in, you know, something as ordinary and, you know, something that's close to home, like an Asian grocer, mm, you mm. know, I think that really struck home. And yeah, it was fantastic to see that intersection between sustainability and an Asian grocer. Yeah, no, exactly. It was such a great conversation. Again, I cannot stress enough how lovely Brian and Jenna so hopefully we'll work together with them in the future so please enjoy this episode hi Jeff and I are super excited today about this episode as we are joined by Jen and Brian the founders of Naked Asian Grocer Australia's first zero waste grocery store hi both thank you so much for coming on to the show firstly tell us about yourself how did the idea for Naked Asian Grocer came to be and why did an Asian grocer feel like the best medium for this venture Yep, sure. So, hi everyone. Um, my name's Jen and this is Brian. Um, I think we probably, just to give a bit of a background in terms of who mm. we are, we are um, both from Malaysia. So, we grew up in Malaysia um, and we came to Australia back in 20, 2008. 2008. Yep. That's a really long time ago for uni. Um, <laughs> and then we just stayed here um, ever since. I think our idea for Naked Asian Grocer started probably back in um, early 2020s or maybe late 2019, Mm. um, right before the lockdown. I think uh, we were aiming to be a little bit more sustainable around our house, our household. Um, We were, you know, using things such as uh, beeswax wrap instead of cling wrap, using uh, produce bags where we can 
Um, and, you know, using things such as like bars instead of bottled shampoo or body wash. Um, I think during the lockdown, we even got a little worm farm so that it would help us with our composting as well. Oh, love it. Yeah, it's, it's been good actually and highly recommend. We live in a tiny apartment and we thought composting wasn't possible, but um, worm farm has been has been great. Yeah, I think Jen's also made friends with, with the worms. Um, she tends to just go out to the balcony and, and talk to them sometimes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like, how nice. are you doing today? Um, are you guys all right? You know, is the temperature okay? <laughs> You're yeah. making me sound like a crazy. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. I, I do this. I, I pickle a lot of things um, and I like ferment a lot of things. So I talk to my ferments and I'm like, oh, like, how are we doing today? You know, like... Yeah. Is it too warm? You know, you guys bubbling, you know, that sort of stuff. Like, right. You're it's not the only one. Yeah, so it's, completely right. it's completely fine. It's completely fine. I'm actually interested. Where did the, where did the name come from? Like, how'd you come up with the name? Uh, the names of my worms? Or... <laughs> okay. well, yes, number one, your worms. But then number two, Naked Asian Grocer. Naked Asian Grocer, I thought it was... Um... I, I, I don't know, actually, don't really remember how the name came about, but it was just a spur of the moment where we thought it was, we wanted something that's very catchy. Mm. I, I think I think this is all um, how it began, um, because we were lying down on our bed, um, talking about, you know, this whole concept, and, and you know, we, we then had this picture of the logo first, um, of you know, mm. of of actually this mascot of of this bald Asian guy, like me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you you still got a lot more hair than than, than the mascot that we got. But uh, yeah, so so this basically this this bald um, Asian guy, a, a bit of a Michelin look, um, and and basically you know just just um hiding his um private part um <laughs> don't say that no, okay <laughs> um, well that, that sort of um signifies um you know um being naked in a way that you know uh, without any packaging in that sense um mm. but you know um it, it's always the idea of of an asian grocery store um and and i think you know it's just it just uh, was appropriate that you know um yeah. naming it as, as naked asian grocer um, puts both together, which is, you know, mm. naked without any plastic packagings um, and being an Asian grocery store as well Yeah. at the same time. Yeah, and like I said, mm. I think we wanted it to be quite catchy and memorable. Um, so, mm. yeah, that, that's sort of the origins of it. I love Fantastic. it. I love it. Well, you were saying you were talking about the concept in bed. So how, how did you come up with the idea originally and... Can you sort of talk us through that process of how you went from idea to launch and how long did it take? Yeah, most definitely. So I think the concept came to us um, starting from our personal problem, right? Like I was saying, you know, we're trying to be a little bit more sustainable at home, but we really didn't have um, the, and, and one of the biggest issues that we have, especially within our household, was um, food packaging. Like somehow or rather, like we could do everything that we can, but we are still ending up in an Asian grocery store, picking up, you know, single bags of like herbs or whatever, noodles, um, and we're still taking that home. So that sort of um, triggered us to, in, in sort of thinking of a concept in which that would fit our personal needs, um, which is how this idea came about. Um, but to mm. your question, Jeff, I think the idea 
the idea started and then we were talking about it and started to like, you know, we have ideas of the brand, we have ideas of colors and everything. But we really wanted to test proof this. So what we did was um, I joined, you know, a couple of Facebook groups, put out a couple of surveys just to test out, you know, if that idea is uh, big enough or if, if people think that it's a great idea or not. Because we all have ideas, but sometimes <laughs> ideas can be good in our head, but not good in reality. Mm, so mm, for sure. really wanted to proof test that um, and the result came back like people were so excited about it um, yeah and then that sort of just snowballed and then we, we did a little like um, soft launch with our friends and family as well uh, we just mm. you know just put it out on our personal Insta uh, and Facebook and just really asked them look this is what we've got like just buy it and and people have been so like so good, and they gave us a lot of feedback, and you know, mm. and they've been sort of just uh, evolved before actually launching it. Mm. Yeah, mm. wow. Yeah, for sure. I I feel like the concept is quite unique, especially you know in an Asian grocery setting. I mean, were minimal waste and themes of sustainability big things in your upbringing and values that you always had growing up? Funny you should ask that. I don't think it was, um, but I think because we grew up both in Malaysia um, and our parents sort of, they did things that were considered to be sustainable right now, uh, but never, it was never blatantly taught to us that it was sustainable. So, mm. for example, my mom would be like, you know, after using a jar of, I don't know, Tom Yum paste or whatever, she'll just, you know, wash it and put it back in. She have like little tubs of ice cream where she'll pack food mm. in and everything. We never really thought about that as sustainable, really. Um, but, you know, those sort of behavior really affected us down the track. And we are like, oh gosh, I'm turning into my mom. I'm actually keeping all my jars right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even things, small things like, like from, you know, we don't typically just throw away clothes that because they're old, um, you know, they, they get repaired, you know, we, we send them to the tailor to get it fixed, um, you know, if, if um, mm. you know, if the clothes worn off. Um, I can still vividly remember, um, you know, how we, we used to go to um, a, a cobbler um, just down the road where, you know, this, this old uncle would, would um, be on his motorbike with just a wooden crate at the back of his bike um, with all his tools in there. Um, and we will send our shoes there to get it repaired, um, you know, mm. instead of throwing it away. Um, so, I mean, things like that, um, it, it's sort of what we've been doing, but, you know, um, subconsciously, you know, it's, it's actually a, a mm. sustainable um, lifestyle. Um, but, mm. you know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't intentional or conscious um, at the time. But, you know, when you think about it, you know, it's, it was good practice. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I think um, I was reflecting and definitely had a really similar thing. It wasn't explicitly said that this was a very sustainable thing to do. I think in my household, it was very much no waste in terms of the food you eat. And it was like yeah. I remember being a kid, and Mum was like, "You eat every single grain of rice because a rice farmer is going to cry if you don't." Oh my god! And yes. it, it's like it's like this mentality. I feel is pretty omnipresent across a lot of Asian cultures, and just within the food itself, it's just like waste no parts. That's why like a lot of countries eat a lot of offal. It's just like we can't like we've killed this animal. We shouldn't we shouldn't have to throw away any parts just because it's not a prized possession. And I think 
yeah, just just as you were saying, it's just it's not explicitly said like this is a sustainable thing, and you know, and, and now it's quite like a popular, common thing that people talk about, and it's people like uh, align it to a lot of the brands um, that they that they enjoy and they work with. But I think yeah, for our upbringings, it felt more just as an aside, but it was integrated, just not explicitly said. Was it the same for you, Isabel? Yeah, I, I'm just reflecting on it now, and I feel like the words like sustainability and no waste and zero waste have almost become buzzwords like how you see things labeled as organic when you know what is the kind of like the meaning behind that um but i think the analogy of the food waste at home especially not wasting rice is something that is very close to home i don't know if you were told this story but my grandma used to tell me that if i didn't eat like i didn't finish my rice i would like come back as like a chicken like you know like as a chicken, kind of as a chicken and like i would always be like you know wanting to crave like wanting to eat rice as a chicken i don't know it was like some weird like vietnamese parable where like you know if you don't appreciate the food now you're gonna come back in another life as an animal who like doesn't have access to rice i don't know anyways it worked because you know from that story i was pretty scarred by it and uh I'm pretty scarred <laughs> our story is slightly different if we don't finish our rice we will get no, our boyfriend or girlfriend in the future will have lots of pimples. Yeah, I'm not sure how that came That's... about, but you know, yeah. But... I think it symbolizes uh... like every grain of rice on your plate represents a pimple. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, we, we, as we're talking about this, this sort of um, food food waste issue, right? That that was probably one of the main thing that that sparked us into doing um, naked Asian grocer because mm. when we when we looked into our pantry, um, and you know, we buy um, a lot of um, ingredients um, that we only use once or twice, and and yeah. the, re- the the reason why you do that is because you know the recipe just needs you know. Um, oh 10, God, 10 yeah. grams or 20 grams of it um, but then it comes in a 500 gram bag mm. um, and yeah, you know and, yeah, and you yeah. don't always cook this, the, the the same dishes all the time and and you know most of those um, recipes um, you know we use it for occasions like in the Chinese New Year for example you, you only cook those dishes during those type of occasions yeah. um, and you know um, you know so, so we, we actually saw that this became a problem because a lot of things that that was in the pantry, ends up being expired after yeah. two years and we've only touched on you know not even a quarter of the pack um so yeah. that that yeah. turns into waste straight away um which yeah which is i i guess from a from a food um waste point of view it, it's a big thing yeah 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 oh i just got chills when you were talking about that because that is one of the most annoying things when you try a new recipe, particularly from a cuisine that you might not cook that often. That's right. You buy a huge bag of something or like several things and you just leave them in the pantry and they just expire and you have to throw them away. And it's just, there's lots of extra packaging as well. So um, this is great. You know, this is this, I'm gonna start using this type of service because it just makes more sense, I think. And for people who also wanna learn how to cook a lot of Asian food as well, just you know i saw on your website you sell like dried scallops dried Mm. scallops are expensive like if someone wants to make a recipe with that like they might not want to buy an entire pack because it's quite expensive so in another sense you're sort of lowering the barriers of entry to people approaching and learning about this food as well so i think and that's a really good thing as well so as a question who is your target consumer like who's buying from you guys right now 
Um, I think we have two very different target consumers, really. Mm. So one coming from a very sustainable perspective. So people who are already, you know, um, living a very sustainable lifestyle and they just want to like, you know, you know, because these pantry items, we don't really have them right now. Um, and, and, and Naked Asian Grocers sort of fits that bill. So they are the ones that are buying quite a lot of it. Um, mm. But the other target audience are also um, people who already have been cooking Asian food, right? And to your point, Jeff, like, you know, they just want to get small quantities. They, they don't necessarily want big um, amounts of something. And yeah, so really, really two very distinctive people. That's what we found out. Mm-hmm. I feel like Asians traditionally really enjoy buying things in bulk. Um, like my grandparents <laughs> love going to Costco. And, it's cheaper. You know, yeah, it's cheaper because, you know, yeah, you, you, you achieve scale that way. But it's just like I personally don't like going to Costco because you know, I don't see the point of buying a 20 kilo bag of dried blueberries. You know, it's just like who's going to eat all that. But then, but then I think the other part of it is just like people associate with lots of things like the gifts like Asians love giving gifts of food and it's like big yeah, packages yeah. of things. And it's like, and it's, um, yeah, it's, it's quite like, it's like a sign of generosity, mm. I guess, for a lot of Asians. Do you, do you think, do you think people will slowly move over to this concept? Like, do you think it's going to become more popular or is it just, are you more focusing on very specific customer segments right now? Uh, that's actually a really good question. I think people are starting to understand and realize what sustainability is really. Like we're seeing it mm. in our own circle of group of friends, right? Like sometimes we'll go out for dinner and then there'll be like food left over on the table. And then Brian will like go and get his little bag of containers and then we'll like put food into the <laughs> container and take it home. And everyone's just like, what are you doing? Like, seriously, why are you, are you taking all of these home? And then we're like, yep, that's, that's, we can't, we can't leave food on the table. So like, it's, 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 you know, all the resources that goes into making it, blah, blah, blah. And then we pay for it. Like, we're taking it home. <laughs> that's going to be a great lunch. <laughs> so I think, you it know. It better next day. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> it tastes better the next day. <laughs> it does taste better the next day. <laughs> So I think, you know, observing, like, our circle of friends, like, they're starting to understand, like, and then they were like, oh, actually, that's a really good idea. Um, and then it sort of prompted them to also think about doing that. And especially when they start to have kids, we're starting to find that some of our friends are like, oh, we really want to, like, I know it sounds so cliche, but they really want to leave a better world for their kids, in a way, yeah. um, mm. which is what someone actually some blatantly told us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, no, we're not doing this for self, but you know, for our kids, you know, in, in yeah. that way. Um, which, which is, which is funny, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I guess also, you know, from from that point, it's um, we we also try to make um, things easy for people. So hence why I'm, mm. I'm not sure if you've noticed that you know we've come up with our own kids in, in that sense. Mm, um, I see, I see. So so um, the idea behind making kids, it's you know. Um, is to help um, people to who don't cook that often to, to be able to make mm. delicious meals um, in you know in a in a pre-packed um, with re- recipes three steps you know get get it done sort of thing. Um, I think we started off with the noodle soup kit, which um, you know I thought was 
was um, it, it's it's an Asian thing, you know, Maggie me, um, you know, instant noodles. Sorry, um, instant <laughs> mm-hmm. noodles. It's it's a big thing in our lives, right? So you know, we grew up eating instant noodles, and and um, you know, often at times we get discouraged from eating instant noodles because of you know all all this uh, you know unhealthy things or, or whatever. Uh, our parents. Oh man, us. you look at that packaging, the salt <laughs> content in instant yeah. noodles is like oh god. <laughs> but sometimes I still crave for it. You know. Oh, it's like... so good though. It's so good. It, it, it's in our blood, so, so somehow. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I guess you know that that that's. Um, you know, we, we created a, a noodle soup kit as as a eco-friendly version of, of um, you know, of a instant noodle. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, I actually love to cook. I cook a lot at home. Um, so, mm. you know, what, what we do with, um, <laughs> with, with the uh, ingredients that, that uh, we get from our, our suppliers, it's I actually test them individually. Um, I cook with them, um, and and obviously, so um, I, I do all the recipes and play around with that. But but Jen's basically the tester, so if she approves <laughs> it, that means it's good. If she doesn't approve <laughs> it, it's probably not good. <laughs> oh, yeah. you're living the dream. That's the job that everyone wants. <laughs> <laughs> so bad for my waistline, I tell you. <laughs> I think it was really interesting that you brought up the customers that were thinking about, you know, prosperity and leaving a better world for their kids. Like, do you think sustainability and low waste are important topics amongst the Asian community? I think we touched on a few points before about, about minimal waste, but how do you feel like this topic can be communicated and highlighted to the Asian community? Because I feel a lot of the media around sustainability and global warming is definitely highlighted from western Mm. lenses and a lot of it does come out of a lot of these western channels at least from what i've seen so um how can we sort of yeah again communicate and highlight this issue to the asian community i think yeah i think you're right like whilst it it is a very western narrative um i think that the asian community it's while on the surface like i said you know while on the surface they don't really uh seem to be uh sort of like too sustainable, and I'm using air quotes here, um, or eco-friendly, but um, they have been practicing a lot of these these habits for a very, very long time. It's just probably just bringing it to life to them, that telling them that look, what you're doing is absolutely great and to continue doing it. Um, and I think mm. from a, and if you look from a generational perspective, um, like I feel like the younger kids are, like they are so much more vocal, they are so much more knowledgeable and they understand this from a perspective of, um, you know, if we don't do something about, uh, you know, sustainable, uh, the environment essentially, if we don't look after the planet, like it's it's going to be irreversible one day. Um, and they understand that and, and a lot of our, you know, a lot of our customers really, they are um, from the younger generation, like they, and, they are already well equipped with, with sort of that that information. Mm. So I think to that perspective, like communicating to them, um, it's just sort of like keep reminding them and having that conversation. Um, it's it's yeah, they you know, even even small little changes, like regardless of how small the change is, like I personally believe that collectively as a group, um, it will it will impact. Uh, massively down the track and it sort of snowballs and hmm. yeah and, hmm. 
I mean, do you see this as a form of activism in some respects? Because I feel like, you know, you touched your point before on, you know, how often conversations around, you know, environment and sustainability are kind of driven, mm. you know, in the Western narrative and especially by Western activists. I feel like often how it's portrayed is that it's white people essentially who are kind of pioneering or quote unquote, you know, driving the sustainable change like Greta Thunberg. Um, I mean, do, do you find in your line of work that this is kind of feeding into that line of advocacy and act- activism to some respect? Like, even though it's still a business, you do have this focus um, that is obviously dear to a lot of people. Um, I think yes and no. Uh, from an activism perspective, I think we do contribute to the narrative, right? Like. I think as a business, and, and you're saying rightly so, like, we are a business, but at the same time, what we're doing is just enabling people to be more sustainable mm. by giving them an mm. option to be sustainable. Um, whilst we're not, you know, uh, actively holding picket fans and like, you know, out there and like, uh, protesting and all of that, but it does, you know, it does actually affect uh, someone's lifestyle. Um, I think, you know, mm. sustainability, like, it is not it is not a matter of, you know, something that you could do in, like, three months and then you're, like, over and done with. It's really a change of lifestyle. It's really embedding, you know, um, that habit or that action within your everyday lives, right? And, and we all know, like, because I work in marketing in my day job um, and for marketing, like, we all understand how difficult it is to even get someone to switch from brand A to brand B. So imagine how mm. difficult it is to actually, like, ask them to actually change their lifestyle. Mm. But I think from from the perspective of a business, like, what we are doing is, like I said, we are just enabling them. We're just giving them the option to make it easier for them to transition um, and to make that switch. I think the more from a business perspective i think the more that people uh the more businesses that actually do that i think it actually allows people to adopt this lifestyle a lot easier and to actually sustain this lifestyle a lot easier um Mm. so yeah it's a yeah no that was that was yeah no I, i think that's um, very poignant and actually something that I just want to follow up with that question you know you touched on this point about ensuring the sustainability of you know enabling like a sustainable lifestyle mm-hmm. and I think that this is something that I find that is quite difficult to like sustain right like I think often you know these mainstream conversations and discourse around zero waste you know can be trendy at best and short-lived at worst I mean how do you ensure that you know you enable people to maintain this momentum and you know, ensure that it's not just a one-off. Yeah, I think um, I think very important to have constant conversations with them. Um, uh, I mean, coming from a Nicaraguan grocer perspective, uh, we we are we are a very tiny business, but I think as we grow, we do have a little bit more influence in in adding to that conversation. Um, so really. Mm constant conversation and constant reminders of of you know hey let's do this like don't don't be you know don't don't get tired of like um you know small little switches for example like it could make a difference blah 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 but you know having that um and collectively i think and the beauty of this is that right i mean even big organizations are recognizing um that sustainability is, is an issue right now 
Mm. Like we were watching, we were watching live TV. I know nobody watches live TV anymore except for Brian. <laughs> <you know? laughs> he loves the news. So we're watching live TV, and obviously all these ads come on, and then you're you're like just looking at all these, you know, like big companies like Procter and Gamble and like um, even Coles and all of that. Like they're advocating for that. So that's a big voice within um, large organizations are already making you know, waves, and I think, uh, you know, they are doing the best that they can, and I know there's a lot of, you know, conversations around, like, oh, some some, some organisations might be greenwashing, blah, 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 but the fact that they are doing something and there is conversation mm. about it brings this topic up on air, um, and like I said, I think for businesses as long as we provide options and provide and make it easy for people to swap and change um, their lifestyle I think that's that's mm. the best that we can do really. mm. yeah I love that I think your whole your whole point around making it accessible and giving them options is such an important thing mm. when it comes to a topic as massive and really scary as you know global warming and sustainability because i think whilst it's really important to sort of you know i I look at i always talk about like patagonia's campaign like have you seen it where it's just like burning it's just like no we're fucked it's just like it's not it's coming their their whole thing was just like a scare campaign it's like we're fucked like okay these are yes really important but i think it's also really essential to relate these topics to everyday life because for for individuals like ourselves it's you know, how, how am I as a one person going to affect something as vast as global warming? You know, one thing you can do is you can start to change your buying behaviors through something like naked Asian grocery. You mm. buy less, you use a little less, you know, you don't waste as much. Like these small things, as you were saying, they really do add up. And I think it's, I think it's an amazing way to start shifting behaviors and to make it essentially like as easy as possible. Like every new startup or every new sort of concept has to be seamless for a customer. Otherwise, unfortunately we've, we've gotten too lazy. Like it has to be easy for us <laughs> to adopt it. So I think it's, I think it's amazing that you're keeping all these things top of mind and it's, it's an amazing concept and really hope um, that we see more of this come up. So yeah. I guess on that point, what's your sort of North star for naked Asian grocer? Like what's the, what's the dream? Like if you, if you could sort of paint that picture for us. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I think you did, you did make a point there, you know, saying, um, you know, that it has to be convenient, um, you know, in, in a way to be convenient, it's, it's, it's obviously to be accessible. So what, mm. what we're doing at the moment um, as a start, obviously we're offering it on, online, but, you know the, the the real dream or goal is, is obviously to have stores across Australia, where mm. it's um, mm. accessible, which is convenient, where you can just go down the road, um, and go to your um, go to Asian grocery store, which is Naked Asian Grocer, um, oh. and, <laughs> and and get all your grocery needs, um, your Asian grocery needs, to say, um, you know, all in one 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 stop one shop um, um, sort of solution. Um, Again, we that that's 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 the that's the big goal of vision that we that, that, that we have um, for for Nickelodeon Grocer. Um, having it online at the moment, it's it's also a good thing because um, you know we are able to sell to people in the rural areas um, and, mm-hmm. and interstates as well. Um, we do have a lot of clients there um, um, who's buying from us at the moment, um, but there are also limitations to what we are doing at the moment because you know um, it limits us to only being able to 
sell dried ingredients, for example, because of, of postage and all those sort of things. Um, and, and also sending it um, through post is that there is an extra packaging of, of box, you know, to put it all together. Um, and, you know, having a yeah. physical store allows people to come in, bring their own containers in, shop the quantity mm. they, they want, um, you know, and, and that's that's really the dream. Um, and I also feel that, you know, um, when we have a, a physical shop, um, that will enable us to, to have a larger range of products. Um, you know, we could even go into frozen type of foods. Um, we could even go into, um, you know, even fresh noodles, for example. Um, like, like, you know, like what we see in, in the marketplace in, 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 in mm. Malaysia or, or whatever, you know, you, you can, you can just pick the noodles that you want. Um, freshly made noodles even, um, and, and yeah, so, you know, I think the, the bottom line, it's, it's really, you know, ha having a, a, a physical shop all across Australia that's, uh, uh, accessible. I think that's the key, um, and, and mm. convenience. Yeah. Yeah, and I think to add to that, right, like um, earlier when we talked about how this concept came to fruition and we were talking about how um, we try to be sustainable and one of the ways that we were doing was going into bulk food stores, right? Like this concept of Nicaraguan grocer essentially is not new news. Like we, we do have bulk food stores within Australia itself, but the moment that we, we step into that bulk food store, um, we wouldn't. We weren't able to pick up a lot of things because it wasn't catered for Asian, uh, sort of like, Asian cooking mm. cuisines. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think having having you know to what Brian said, like if we were to have stores all around around the country, that would be that would be like amazing. And um, you know, just think of it like the Asian cuisine of uh, a culture will use, for example. Uh, I think that would be. <laughs> That's like ideal yeah. for us. No, that's awesome. We do wish that for you. And I have no doubt that um, yeah, we'll see this expansion and we're very excited to see that happen. Just out of curiosity though, um, would you ever expand beyond Asian products and let's say to, you know, other different, you know, cuisines or even just staples like flour or pasta? You know, like is is are you is the brand necessarily kind of married to Asian ingredients and Asian food? Um, yeah, just out of curiosity, I'd love to know more about that. No, definitely. I think um, I think our vision really is just focusing on Asian ingredients at the moment. Like for things mm. such as like pasta and flour and all of that, I feel like there's already a, a supply for those things and those people out there, like yeah. all those existing bulk food stores, like they're doing an amazing job, right? Like they're doing what they're doing. So I think we really want to cater to um, not only like – I wouldn't say Asian community because we do have um, people outside the community that buys, but really focus on Asian cuisines, but not only limited to Southeast Asia, because I think right now that's what we're doing. Um, I think we're re not really Southeast Asia, but like we're really focused right now on like Chinese, Korean, Japanese. Malaysian and Japanese cuisines. But ideally we like to like, you know, expand, say like into like um thai or if there's filipino or if there's like mm. uh, indian for example i think the expansion would be more that way um and then we'll be able to you know offer something different to the, to, to the market really. yeah fantastic well i'm getting super hungry and i'm very excited to actually check out your store now <laughs> and make something <laughs> we really want to just you know 
make sure that everyone realizes that Asian food is not just noodles and dumplings, but there's so yeah. much more beyond beyond that. Yeah, there's just so much good food, and everyone just you know, yeah, just bringing it to the forefront, really. Yeah, well, I I think I think what we want to do as well is just you know not not just being able to offer um, ingredients that that you you, you buy uh, from a from a grocery store, but but also being being able to offer that, that experience and and also um, you know the the knowledge of of um, food in that sense yeah. um, in, mm. in terms of recipes. Hence, why you see in, in our social media, we, we don't we don't typically just talk about our products in that sense, um, and also we you know we, we have a mix of of topics that talk about sustainability. Obviously, that, that's the key that's the key point. Um, we do also um, you know mention a lot about different types of cuisines, foods, um, you know, and recipes and, and all these sort of things them. and how to make them because we we also want to educate people on, on you know, um, food that, that's out there and, and, you know, we don't want them to, to miss out on, on the good stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, 100%, 100%. I mean, this has been such an enlightening conversation and it's been an absolute pleasure to have both Jan and Brian on here today. And we just are absolutely excited to see where the future of Naked Asian Grocer goes, as well as the future of sustainable shopping. So thank you so much again for coming on and we hope to see where you guys will take your business. Thanks for having us. It's been a pleasure talking to both of you. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Um... No worries. I was, I'm so excited because I genuinely think your stores are going to be everywhere and I just can't wait to see them down the road because we had a chat to you in the early days. Um, but <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. If you enjoy this podcast, show us a bit of love by clicking the subscribe or follow button. Uh, we would really appreciate that. Otherwise, we'll catch you guys on the next one. See you later. Bye.